Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, Legit Boston. You are watching Going In Raw. You like that? What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. Marie. <laughs> and you are going in SmackDown Live. This Ugh. is the glorious one, Bobby Roode and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, Rendo, Steve here. And Larson. Yeah, welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. Of course, we are available in audio podcast form wherever uh, all the good podcasts are. We're on CastBox, Apple iOS, Stitcher, all those great places. There's too much stuff on this table. I know, man, we need to clean up. We need to clean up. Um, <clears throat> so anyways. Uh, Thanos hanging out right here. <laughs> There's Thanos. Oh, man. So we just got... I just finished watching the the main event and then the... Uh, the, the, the G1 po- the special in San Francisco. The, and the postscript beatdown. Yes. yes. With the potential formation of a new faction or a, sort of a, a coup d'etat yeah. within Bullet Club. More Civil War shenanigans. Uh-huh. Um, this time coming from a how different come, angle. How come Bullet Club apparently is the only faction that just can't get along? Like chaos, as far as I know, has existed in relative harmony since its formation in 2009. Here's the thing: I, I, I have a feeling that chaos, it's like their chaos is more like a village. Everybody minds their own business. Everybody, you know, Ishii and Yano hang out. Okada and Gato hang out. Hang, uh, what's this? Uh, Jay White just sort of does his own. He's the weirdo who lives on the outskirts of the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. I mean, they like want to help the village. Help the village. You want to go help your friend over there? Help your friend over there. Bullet Club. They all. They're all outsiders. So they're like, you know, they have to help each other mm. to do things. They're all the guy Jin. So they all have like, how do I read this map? I'm trying to get across town. How do I do? They have to help each other. The village, they can kind of mind their own business if they want to. All right. Lij, they're like a proper gang though, but they're smaller. They're only yeah. like five people, yeah. so you know, five people can get along well, just fine. Suzuki goon, they might be more like the gang because they tend to 
you know, like beat up people. I feel like Suzuki Goon is more of a union of like assassins. Oh, okay. They just they're like a union, so they like stick together. They make sure that you know the prices remain. But I, w- I would say they help each other out more than any other faction because how? how, how oh, all their matches and yeah. or yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, they unionize to make sure. All right. All right. They all get the good contracts. Very well. It's, Best metaphor I can come up yeah, with. There's some decent analogies there. Anyways. Like, yeah, Bullet Club are tourists. <laughs> and then and then Chaos are a village. All right. Uh, Suzuki Gunner are assassins. And then LAJ is a proper gang. Okay. So there you go. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're going to talk about G1 Special in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. Kind of bummed out I wasn't there. Yeah, same here, especially after watching the show. However, we were uh, at Clash at the Village 3 at the Colonial Theater here in Sacramento. Yeah, that was a blast um, until the very end. No, that made it even better. I was darn near euphoric at the conclusion of Clash at the Village oh, 3 when my guy, yeah. my guy, Adam Mayhem, right. became the first going in Raw H champion. It was a fantastic evening. A lot of good wrestling. We it said it before. Time. We'll say it again. Thank you to everybody yeah. at Virgil Flynn, the third productions, for being so kind and generous um, and, and allowing us an opportunity to do this. Yeah, it was absolutely. great. It was a blast. Um, so anyways, uh, the hell was just there? There we go. Uh, so in a nutshell, um, it seemed like a fun show. There was, um, a standout performance, I would say during the Jay White juice Robinson match. That was a fantastic match. Probably match. Yes. Tonight. Yes. Um, the blow off between Kenny and Cody. Um, it was good. I just kind of feel like, I don't know. I didn't find that whole storyline pretty much from the get go that involving. Oh, really? What? Cody versus all the being the elite stuff with Cody I mean, and I, Kenny? I, to, to a certain degree I did, but when it came to the matches, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, okay. And maybe here can... I'll, I'll say this. Maybe maybe my 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 idea of it, or or my reaction to it, because I'm so used based on my lifelong watching predominantly WWE wrestling mm-hmm. of stories being presented to me and playing out in a certain way. In this yeah, case, sure. that didn't happen. Yeah. And so maybe it's just a, a situation where it's a different storytelling approach. Therefore, it didn't meet my expectations. And therefore, I didn't feel as connected to it as maybe I should have been. Does that make sense? Yeah, maybe. I wonder if Cody's injuries had anything to do with it. If they expedited it a little bit. This match, I mean, like the main event was good. They Mm -hmm. did some crazy stuff. Um, And Cody looked like he was hurting at the end of it. Um, What was the genesis of this actual match? What, where, where, when was the challenge thrown down? It was just after Kenny won the match to win the title from Okada. Yeah. Just Cody walked to the top of the ramp. Did nothing. Did nothing. He didn't join the, the young bucks down the ring, yeah. turn around and walk backstage. Yeah. But however, I will say, even though I didn't, I, at times. Was there a formal challenge after that? I'm sure at some point there was. Um, well, at times, this is the point of the day where I start burping all the time. I apologize. Um, I didn't find myself as engaged as I would like to be with the Cody-Kenny feud. When they had their moment at the end, uh, I, you know, it was it was moving. It felt real. Yeah, it felt real. Yeah. So I guess in that sense, it worked. Yeah. I think it was. I mean, now that I think about it a bit more, I think it was just a matter of, of of different approaches to storytelling and how that played off my experience and expectations. That's I wonder. It. I also wonder because I'm not. I don't, I don't want to imply that it was bad storytelling. That's not what I'm trying to say. I wonder if it was because. So like, I don't know. It's it's funny because in my in my heart. The G1 specials in the U.S. always kind of feel like they're not totally canon. But then, like, last year they crowned the first U.S. champion, so that was totally canon. This year they had, like, big story beats. Oh, yeah. Um, so they are. 
Um, I just felt like it was missing one little chunk of story immediately preceding it. Because exactly as you just said, Cody came out after Kenny won the big title, did nothing and then walked back and then we have a match. As opposed to Cody coming out, laying out Kenny and saying, Bullet Club is mine and that title's going to be mine or something like that. Yeah, they might have done the press conference stuff after the show. Yeah. We don't always watch all that stuff. Yeah, right, right. And and I don't keep up with being the, uh, the elite as much as I sure. should and would like to. Yeah. So there's probably stuff I'm missing. Again, I'm just trying to explain why I, at times I didn't feel the connection with the storyline I feel like I, I should have had. Yeah. And it's probably just as much on me, more so on me than yeah. anything else. You feel like it should have been sort of bigger in yeah. some way, That's in like, some abstract like, way. Like the blow-off should have felt a lot more cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, and, 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 and I think they tried to do that. Yeah. And I guess the finish of the match didn't feel like, all right, that's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did. It was. I knew it mm-hmm. was, but it didn't feel like, oh, okay, Whew, that's over. Yeah. But then and again, I say at the end when, you know, they had the moment at the end where there was reconciliation, it felt real and, 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 and dare I say moving. I think maybe here's my thing about it. Ever since Ken, I think, I think it goes back to Kenny winning the heavyweight championship. I kind of feel like he should have had this Bullet Club stuff resolved before he did that. Because maybe that would have, because I feel like Kenny, yeah. Kenny needed to be, because Kenny's the guy who's going to go over, right? We all knew that. Mm-hmm. Kenny is the face in this situation, big time. He got the big win, which was the heavyweight championship. The Okada thing is way bigger than Bullet Club. Yeah. That's way bigger. Yeah. He got that win before he got the sub win, yeah. which is the Bullet Club thing. Well, he got the professional win before he got the personal win. Yeah, felt right. like the personal win should have launched him into professional yeah. win. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. That. Especially with Kenny saying his character arc, like back when he was uh, a cleaner Kenny, mm-hmm. you know, he was he was too often overcome but with resentment and bitterness. Mm-hmm. And that's why he came up short against Okada. Yeah. It wasn't until, you know, he changed that, yeah. um, that, that he found his greatest success in New Japan. And I feel like the last bit of, of that would be dealing with the Bullet Club crisis, mm-hmm. getting beyond that, using that as a launching pad for yeah. defeating Okada finally. Not to speak for you, but I can kind of also just say that still being, you know, relatively new to New Japan, like, you know, we've been watching for like a year and a half now, and, you know, we really, really, really super enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We're still kind of getting used to the way they tell their stories yeah. in long-term arcs. Yes, yes. And so it could absolutely be just part of that, you know. And on top of that, I'm kind of appreciative of the fact they're simply moving on Mm -hmm. um, with something else. Um, And it was cathartic. It did feel real to see them all standing there uh, at the very end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, unified, especially after their beatdown. So uh, speaking of that, uh, Rocky Romero... Uh, oh, yeah. Pongi 3K. Kick off the show. Gato and Yoshi. Just say Chaos versus Bullet Club. Chaos versus Bullet Club. But it was the Bullet Club that later on, Tama Tonga, Tongaloa, uh, Haku, Chase Owens, and uh, the Tokyo Pimp, uh, Takahashi, um, all took, yeah, they all fight. It was a big 10 man yeah. uh, tag match. Decent so enough match. Off the show. Yeah, it was a decent enough match. Yeah. Um, it was cool seeing Haku in the ring again. He dropped a pretty vicious pile driver. On Chase Owens, I think? No. That's at the very end. I'm certain no, that was during this match. Uh on uh Rocky Romero. Uh, I want to say Gato, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might have been yeah, maybe it was Gato. Maybe it was Gato. But anyways, I watched this on Sunday. This match on Sunday. Um but anyways, Tomatonga picked up the uh the win, pitting Gato after a stun gun. Did you gun feel stun over Sunday? Yeah. Me too. Saturday I didn't drink anything, but it was just a I long didn't day. Drink anything. It was a long day and it was hot. Yeah. I was drinking a lot of water. Me too. But man, I felt hungover the next day. I did too, because I was up late, got up early, you know, 
Yeah. Because on Saturday, the situation where, where when we were in opportunities, we could do stuff. We did as much as we could in those oh, opportunities. Oh, yeah, sure. And yeah. then we sat around for a little bit yeah. until we had the next time we had to do up stuff. White. Yeah. Um, where'd you guys go at, uh, eat on Saturday night? Denny's. Nice. I should have gone with. You should have. It was good. Um, I, know, I, I had, some, had pancakes. some pancakes. Yeah, I should have. Uh, let's see here. Uh, but yeah, Tomatonga picked up the win which, on uh, on Gato, which, which you have to appreciate because Gato's like the head writer guy. And also, which considering what was going to happen to close the show, he had to win. Mm-hmm. He had to pick up the win. <clears throat> yeah. uh, next, Minoru Suzuki, greatest wrestler alive, and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tomohiro Ishii and uh, Toru Yano mm-hmm. um, in a tag match. This is a, a rematch of what we saw at Strong Style. Oh, where are our predictions? Oh, good call. Uh, Strong Style evolved mm-hmm. um, back in March in Long Beach. Yeah. Um, I feel like that match, the one in March in Long Beach, was more entertaining. Yeah. Um, so you noted before um, when I was asking about this that Suzuki and Ishii, they had a singles match. The prior weekend in uh, the United Kingdom where Suzuki beat Ishii for the Rev Pro heavyweight title. Yeah. Um, I kind of considered that non-canon. So I kind of wanted to see a Suzuki Ishii one-on-one in Japan somewhere, some big high-profile thing. I don't know if we're going to get that. But yeah, this kind of felt like just sort of a diet version of that match that we already saw. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this time, Ishii and Yano went over. Um, in a great spot, though, I really liked it. I like when Yano tried to go for his low blow and uh, Zach Sabre oh, yeah, did the yeah. thing where he and locks the, the finish this. was good, and then Ishii came in with the clothesline. Mm-hmm. To, to get the pitch. But yeah, no, I kind of felt that, and again, you know, I'm not cra- I'm not trying to crap on it, but it's just, oh, no. so like when we see uh, in the past, Suzuki and Ishii uh, doling those uh, chops and forearms at each other, I, I felt like this time they were taking it a little bit easy. Maybe it's because we were there live last time and I didn't watch it back. And when you're there live and you're like back a ways as opposed to when the camera's right there, yeah, like the it's protected a bit more, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, it, it felt sort of like a diet version of of the match that we had already seen. Yeah. Um, so uh, we both called Bullet Club. We both called Chaos. We both called Chaos. So I think we tied. Yeah, because I feel like I yeah. called Chaos, Chaos later. Chaos beating LIJ, but then you said Jeff Cobb was going to win the Yeah, that never was, you know, sometimes I go with my heart and not my head. You shouldn't do that with predictions, man. It's too much on the line. I know, but I like to mix things up a little bit, too. Uh, next, another Bullet Club uh, match. Marty Skrull, Hangman Page taking on uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and mm. Kushida. Yeah. Again, another fun match. Oh, yeah. Um, just, it didn't, you know, this is one of those matches that didn't feel like there was a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but surprisingly, Hangman Page picked up the win, pinning Kushida after his finisher. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, that was. It, I think they're really trying to build Hangman Page. I, mm-hmm. I think they're doing a pretty decent job. A lot of people are cluing into him. Being the lead has been very helpful to him as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, Hangman Page is great. Um, I just kind of figured. Uh, Too much stuff on this desk. Yeah, Tanahashi and, and Kushida on a team. I figured it. But then last time they had like Jushin Liger on their team too. No, they had Mysterio. It was oh, Mysterio, yeah. Tanahashi, and uh, Liger. Yeah, and they and lost. They, they lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, it's surprising. I don't know, man. Tanahashi evidently is a, a bad luck charm. I guess so. Now. Oh, uh, Taguchi joined uh, Kushida and Tanahashi ringside. Because mm. they're part of his faction, Taguchi they're Japan. Not real. That's not even a faction. Look up Taguchi Japan members. You'll see Hiroshi Tanahashi. I get that they, that they technically might be some sort of faction, but they're never really around each other. They were just around each other. No, they weren't. Literally. 
Taguchi walked his two stablemates to ringside. Oh, was there the entire stable. match? Who's the what? What's the like? That's the most. It's just whoever isn't in a real faction, they're in Taguchi Japan. Why is it? Like, wasn't Michael Elgin in Taguchi Japan? No, I don't think officially, no. Um, Look at their list of members. Tanahashi, like, he's the ace. Yeah. How come he's not leading a, a faction? That's my question. Not that he's a member of the faction, or a faction or not, but why isn't he leader of faction? He's a legend. Yeah. That's ace. what I don't understand. Ace means single one. Well, I mean, it just doesn't means best. Mean it means that. top. Yeah, it just top means guy. Top. top guy, not top guys. So that's why. So that's that's just my question. Yeah, I don't know. He's a good, you know. I feel, I, I feel you. Like he's part of the big four. That and then you got Kushida, who is like for the longest time, if not still, the ace of the junior division. Yeah, you have two aces right there. But juniors are within the the big four faction, big five factions. I mean, everybody's got junior heavyweights in their factions. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. no, I know. Yeah, but he's not leading his own faction. No, I'm just saying <clears throat> you have two aces in Taguchi, Japan. Not to take any of the thing away from Taguchi. He's had a good career. You he's, can take plenty away from him. He's, he's I'm not a fan. He's entertaining. Nah, not really. Um, I'm not a fan. But, you know, you, you got two guys who he's have like been not dubbed even the, the best, ace. Yeah, he's not even the best comedy wrestler in New Japan. That's Yano. Yeah. Kenny Omega's a good comedy wrestler, too. Yeah. So is Marty Skrull. Yeah, he's good. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Taguchi. He's all right. He's all right. When's the last time you saw a Taguchi match? You're like, wow. Great. Well, that never. He's just I don't sort of there. When he, was, when he does his, his, his coach stuff, that's going to be kind of funny. It's kind of amusing, like once or twice. Yeah, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to give you some opportunities to defend Taguchi. I mean, what do I have to defend? I just say he's. He's. I find him somewhat entertaining. That's all oh, I'm saying. It's really not that great. I'm not saying he's, he's like barely above Yoshihashi in my book now. No, he's above Yoshihashi. <laughs> um, next for the never open weight title, we have Jeff Cobb, who is carrying his uh, APW title. Mm-hmm. To the ring. I like that New Japan says you got a belt. Bring it to the ring with you. Bring it on. Adam Mayhem, H-Title, bring it on with Bring it you. to the ring. Versus never open weight champ Hiroki Goto. Um, Jeff Cobb got plenty of opportunities to show off his incredible athleticism. That standing moonsault spot. Like, he got some incredible height. Jeff Cobb is great. He's fantastic. He's amazing. He's but great. we saw no tour of the islands because he fell short. He did not win the match. Goto pinned him after a GTR. Man, I'm telling you, they're going to sign Jeff Cobb. I, I hope so. I kind of feel like this is a... A true, I mean, he's had matches before there. Yeah. I feel like this is a true tryout match, you know? And the crowd was firmly behind Jeff Cobb. Yeah, dude. Firmly. People love Jeff Cobb. Oh, he's great. And he's got like a really kind face. Mm-hmm. He's like a beast, but he's got like a really kind face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he came up short. That title is meaningless anyways. Uh, next up, we have Evil. I mean, he seemed to want it. Uh, well, yeah, it's a great entry-level title, but that's just entry-level that's what that is. That's like when I was like talking to Hilton. I was like, hey, I need a job with the Kings. And he was like, we got a scrub job. Give me a scrub job. You want to edit for a bologna sandwich? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I said. One more bologna sandwich than you had before. I said, guess what? It says on my resume, I love bologna sandwiches. Yep. <laughs> and exactly right. That's one more open, never open weight championship than he's had before. Uh, <laughs> so, but Togoto has been there since like the 1970s. Or I know. Where he's a former intercontinental champion. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. You know, it shouldn't be nothing. Uh, next, for the uh, IWGP heavyweight tag team titles, Evil and Sonata taking on the champions, the Young Bucks. Yeah, this was uh, more good stuff between these two teams. <laughs> I keep on, we were joking. 
Let's, let's save it for the, the oh. U.S. title match. Because <laughs> that's when it really comes in play. All right. Or we can talk about it now, Beth. Because he no, called... It was, it was during the next match, the Naito Bushi versus Okada Osprey one. <laughs> he called Bushi Sonata. Yeah. Where JR is getting confused. I mean, it, it happened before, but... Yeah, okay, dude, here's the thing. Here's the thing. How long has JR been doing New Japan access stuff? Oh, I don't know. So they do enough. They do enough. Him and Barnett do enough stuff. They should know. If we know the characters' names, they should. They should be able to figure out who's who. If we can. Oh, JR called uh, show Yoshihashi in the first match. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. And Josh Barnett corrected him. I can't always tell Yo and Show apart. One of them always wears gold, one of them always wears silver. Right, and I try to remember that, but I can't. I think Yo wears silver. Okay, then Show, the guy whose name starts with S, isn't silver. So Show is gold, Yo is silver. I think silver. I could have that backwards. Or it could be the other way around, in which case it's easy, because Show, the guy whose name starts with S, is silver, which also starts with S. It's, it's one of the two. However... Um, I would never get Yoshihashi mixed up with Yo or Show. Oh, yeah, Show wears gold. Show, okay. So now I know Show wears gold. Okay. So there, see, solved. They literally get paid to go into a booth in whatever studio they're in, probably in LA or whatever, and record commentary and watch New Japan. Like entire matches. And they've been doing this. I know it hasn't been forever. But they've been doing it for at least a couple of years, it seems like. I think they've been doing it a couple of years. Why doesn't he know these people yet? I love, look, man, I love JR. Yeah. And honestly, the commentary between him and Barnett made it more entertaining, but kind of for the bad, not good reason. This is the first time I've heard their commentary on a New Japan show. I remember hearing back from the G1 special in USA last year. There's a lot of complaints, not people just fans, them. but among even wrestlers in New Japan. Yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. Lackluster, the commentary was. like JR didn't know the difference between Mark and Jay Briscoe. Or maybe that was Barnett. I don't know which one it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, so this is the first time I've heard them together. Yeah. You know, like all the shows they've done live, I've been at yeah. thus far. And usually I just watch stuff on New Japan World because I really like Kevin Kelly. Oh, dude, Kevin Kelly and, and Don Callis. And I don't have access TV, so. Yeah, me neither. I don't, I don't have access who, to that. I mean, I have pop, but I don't have access. It's weird. Yeah, no. Um, so this is really my first time hearing um, the, 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 the pair of them do commentary on New Japan shows. I, I, you know, in the future, especially after some of the reactions to the later matches, I kind of hope they go with Kevin Kelly in the Kevin future. Kevin Kelly and Don Callis are great. They know, they know, they know New Japan Pro Wrestling. And Don Callis literally just came in like a lunch break ago, you know? And I haven't noticed. I mean, he might, maybe he, he you know, maybe he understands because he's not play by play. It's Kevin Kelly. Yeah. He maybe understands, oh, if I'm, at all confused, I'll let Kevin Kelly carry the load. But also, of that here's stuff. the thing: is that Callis, he's the heel commentator. Mm-hmm, yeah, so he can be a little uh, loose with his facts. Sure, yeah, sure. So long as it's in character and be totally fine. Yeah. yeah, but he's not. He's really good. Yeah, no, he's really good. Um, but anyways, uh, getting back to the match: uh, Evil Snada versus Young Bucks. Um, this is an, another good match. Very creative. Um, I like the uh, when. Lij, we're doing. Sorry, we're, that's gross. Uh, we're doing some of the Young Buck stuff. Didn't they do like a Meltzer driver or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I like when they do that. They were uh, still uh, harping on Matt's back injury, so that was good. Yeah, when is that going to resolve itself? Uh, I don't know. 
Maybe that's... I know back injuries can linger. I mean, they won this. Maybe that'll be the impetus. They're moving on to a new storyline. Maybe that new yeah, storyline. Yeah, I wonder will be... who uh, they're going to take on next. Um, well, they're the heavyweight tag champions. You don't think they're going to take on? There's the possibility. I guess they could try to take on uh, Grills of Destiny. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Good point. Yeah. Although unless, I feel like it's unless they be, target like Tomatonga it's gotta be, Kenny, it's got to be Tomatonga versus yeah. Kenny. I would think at it's a good segue. Anyways, Young Bucks picked up the win. Yeah, um, Matt pins Evil after a Meltzer driver. So we had intermission next, and they announced the next New Japan show in the states, mm-hmm. September thirtieth in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Oh, that's a great title. It is. Um, and I w- was wondering if for the main event of that. If they do Kenny versus Tomatonga, but then I looked, and then both Tomatonga and Kenny Omega are in the same block for the G1. Oh, okay. So we'll get the match. Yeah, it won't be for the belt or anything. I wonder if that's going to be yeah, because I feel like they're if they're going to do like a a match outside of a tournament, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be a bit bigger, maybe at a yeah. bigger well, September thirtieth. That's uh, that's about two and a half months away. Yeah. But you know, you know, if depending say, on how long they want to take this feud, yeah, I know firing squad. I would, well, here's the thing. Like, if Tomatonga beats Kenny in their G1 match, and then Tomatonga, I mean, we've seen this play out before that usually if, if the, champ, the champ's in the G1, if he loses for King of Pro Wrestling, if he loses a match in the tournament or several, during the King of Pro Wrestling, uh, whoever beat him will challenge him for the title of that show. They could do something similar for this next show in the U.S., mm-hmm. where, say, Tomatonga picks up a win over Kenny in the G1. Says I want to shout that title happens at Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which Maybe. I think would be great. Yeah, yeah. Just let those two guys go at it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. No, like regardless, that's going to be a great match. Oh yeah, wherever it happens. Um, let's see here. Uh, next, next up, night. Are we going to go to Long Beach in September? No, we hadn't talked about it, but we missed the show. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, it's at the Walter. Yeah, I same bring, place. I got to bring some. Well, or we get better seats. A butt seat. Because it's a cushion. I think the seats on the floor were seats. And the seats kind of like in the middle half court area were yeah. seats. It was just, you were down, I think, the kind of the student section. I was off on the wings. Yeah. And those were just the uh, bleacher seats mm-hmm. or bleacher benches. Yeah. So if you get in the middle or on the floor, I think you get an actual chair. All right. Let's try that then. Yeah, I'm, I'll, maybe we aim for it. If we can't get front row, get like the, try the middle section. Well, I mean, last time we tried to get tickets to Walter Pyramid, we just kind of got what we got. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Really wasn't a whole lot of choosing. Um, next, Tetsuya Naito and Bushi of Bushi. LIJ Bushi. taking on Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay. Kazuchika Okada is like he's on vacation. Oh, man, I know. He came he in seems... with like a shirt. It was Chill Okada. Yeah, he's got new red pants. This dude goes fishing every day. He had balloons tied to his pants. Yep. He just seemed like he was having a great time. Yep. His hairstyle was different. Oh, he man. seemed relaxed, Chilling. casual, Jay just Chilling. looking to put on a good show. Absolutely. He had like streamers and everything. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Osprey, the Battle and Brit. He even came out to Osprey's music. Yeah, he was just there for the ride, man. Yeah, man. He, I'm just. He hey. says I've been top guy for two years. This is Will Osprey's time. He is breathing right now. He's like, oof, load is off my shoulders. Yep. Don't have to wear that heavy coat of mine. Nope. No good. Um, so this match kind of continued the story of uh, Tetsuya Naito not being able to win anything. <laughs> Basically, yes. That's his thing. When is he going to win a match? Yeah. They're like completely deconstructing his character. I know. Like, while he's Be still a loss after loss. Immensely after loss. popular. Yeah. Because um, uh, Will Ospreay picked up the pin on Bushi mm-hmm. after hitting the Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
But a fun match. I mean, it's Okada. Okada yeah, was no, it was fun. fun. Matches. I was happy that Osprey didn't try to kill himself because somebody else did later on. I was really happy that Osprey didn't do the. He didn't do any high flying stuff. I know. The commentary made a point of mentioning yeah. that he'd do any high flying stuff. Yeah. So that was good. Although he did do a Spanish fly. Um. Yeah. Well. Not on the apron. For him, that for him, that's like you that's know, pretty uh, routine. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, a chin lock. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you said, Osprey pinned Bushi after the Stormbreaker. Um, next up, we had oh, oh god, Dragon Lee versus Romu Takahashi. Ow! Here's ah. the, here's the thing. Ah! It was it was actually shaping up to be a really fun match. Yeah, it was. And if it weren't, these two can't have unfun matches. I mean that that's the, that spot where they were trading German suplexes back and forth when they were. I think they doled out four or five each to each yeah. other. You know, when they they stay in the middle of the ring, you start chopping each other. Mm-hmm. It's all fun. It's great. Yeah. And if it weren't for that one spot, and and Hiromu somehow escaping. Dragon Lee's grasp and landing on his head and then kind of sliding on the mat Ugh. with his head trapped under him, yeah. injuring his neck, maybe breaking it. We have yet to hear confirmation yeah, of that. Yeah, it's been like New Japan issued a statement days. saying that he's in the hospital. He could talk. He's talking. He's conscious. He's yeah, sitting is up. It, is it broken or not? No, no. They. I mean, it took. A, I remember it took him a while to confirm uh, Shibata's diagnosis too. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, it's a bummer, and, and, and you could tell right when it happened that uh, he knew something bad had happened to him. Mm-hmm. Because you, there, you can tell the difference between when someone's selling a, a, a hurt neck mm-hmm. and when something, someone actually hurt their neck. Yeah. And as soon as he was finished kind of sliding across the mat, he rolled over and instantly grabbed his neck in pain. And he seemed like he was kind of out and on his feet. Yeah. This, slightly, yeah. maybe a little bit. The quirky character was gone. And yeah, the dude he seemed with the busted neck. He seemed like he was there. in a bit of a daze. Yeah. Um, after that, he had to take another power bomb. Yeah. And he actually and he put his look like he put at least one hand under his neck to keep make sure it yeah. didn't snap back. Oh. Which was smart of him. Yeah, no kidding. And then he somehow delivered a time bomb to pick up the win. Yeah. He did. He also did a destroyer. Yeah. 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 Gee, which is, I always get confused by those. Yeah. Man. Which just landing that when you're landing on your your rear end. That sends shockwaves mm-hmm. all the way up your spinal column. Mm. So that probably didn't feel good. So he wins the match. We need to be just grateful that he didn't get paralyzed. Yes. Or worse. Yes. That. Oof, boy. But, you know, I mean, when we talked about this on Monday's show, um, you know, it, they, they really, with him and to a slightly lesser degree, Osprey, you know, man, they need to say, hey, just, you know, just chill. Just bring it down a notch. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, you guys can are great storytellers in the first place. Y'all can just chill out and yeah. just tell good stories. Uh, next up, we had uh, probably my favorite match of the night. Oh, this is lots of fun. Juice Robinson versus Jay White um, There's a stip- the U.S. title. There's a stipulation, sorry to interrupt you, uh, stipulation added to this match that uh, Juice, who had some sort of appeared to be soft cast on mm-hmm. his left hand, couldn't use that cast as a weapon. Well, he broke one of the... That's one of the things that he said in the lead-up is... He broke one of the 206 bones in his body. Yeah. I got 206 bones left to whoop your ass with, mm-hmm. Jay White. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like this. Juice has been busting his ass for a very long time now. Um, they told the story in the in the lead-up video. You know, him and Jay White were young boys uh, at the same time there in New Japan. Former roommates, they said. Former roommates. 
But uh, when Jay White came back from excursion, he was big old weirdo with the switchblade stuff. And Juice is obviously doing kind of a throwback to like mid '90s Shawn Michaels with the little hat and the little dancing around and stuff. Um, but he's really emerged into a terrific wrestler, a hell of a promo guy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it's just a really, really great story. It, it seemed like they've been wanting to build him up and give him a good push for like a year now, well, ever since we've the, been watching. Yeah, one of the stories they they mentioned in this match was that uh, uh, Juice. Uh, his inability to win uh, a title match. Yeah. Because he'd competed at least, I know he's competed for the Intercontinental title. I think he competed for the Never Over Openweight. And he was in the finals of the New Japan Cup, I think the year Shibata won? Mm, Or the the semis? One of the two. Um, So he's had opportunities in major high-profile situations and always came up short. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, another one of the stories. There's a lot of story threads going through this match. There's the hand, Jay and Juice's background together. Uh, Juice's inability to win a huge match, uh, uh, Jay's uh, ascendance to you know U.S. champion, you know rising up the ranks seemingly in chaos, mm. um, and they did a fantastic job, and Jay White did a fantastic job of building a ton of heat boy, on boy. Jay White because early in the match, uh, Juice throws Jay White to the barricade. And then I swear from that point on, Jay White did the same to Juice at least five times, including once knocking the barricade into the announce table, which knocked into JR, Mm -hmm. which uh, apparently was not a planned spot. Apparently, JR uh, had a thought, I don't know if it's been confirmed since, uh, has a broken rib. And uh, apparently, according to the Wrestling Observer, um, Josh Burnett's reaction was a shoot. As soon as it happened, as soon as he saw what happened to JR, he said to Jay White, you done effed up. Yeah. And got up, took his headset off, walked to the ringside area, and started stalking, stalking him, Jay yeah. White around the ring. And yeah. you have red shoes out there saying, Tranquilo. Calm down. Yeah. We still got a show to put on. Yeah. You can't shoot beat up Jay White in the middle <laughs> of our major show. Yeah. And You're so a commentator. Just, yeah, yeah. So Josh Barnett gets in the ring, yeah. starts talking some more to Jay White. And Jay White's just... He's like, let off your steam. Let the show continue. But I'll say this. It got a ton of heat on Jay White. Yeah, it did. It really did. Yeah. That's why if someone had told me that had been a total shoot, I would have totally believed it. Yeah, no. When when I saw it, I you know that was always in my head because I think I saw something on Twitter where somebody somebody on Twitter thought it was a shoot, and I was like, man, like I was trying to look at the reactions, and Jay White's reaction was more skewed towards guy who's trying to get back on with the show as opposed to guy who's being set up in an angle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, look, it, it could be either way. And for all we know, like the reports are wrong and it was all at work. I, I tend to think it was probably real um, because here's the thing. We both got kind of the impression even leading up to that. And we talked about this a bit, you know, earlier, but like, I don't know. May, I, mean, I wonder if there's some at play. I don't know if Josh Barnett or JR really likes doing this all that much. Yeah, I'm and not especially sure after that spot, it seemed like, uh, like that certain points they were saying during this match, after that spot, and hats off to Jr. No pun intended, um, for uh, not missing a beat if he broke a rib. Well, he took a spill, you know. Well, it was like the announce you know, table jammed him in the midsection yeah. and he fell back. Yeah. Um, but if he, I've never broken a rib. I bruised it. It hurt like hell when it happened. It hurt for about three weeks afterwards. Couldn't sneeze couldn't cough, couldn't breathe deeply without intense pain. But I remember the moment I got shoulder to rib right here Mm -hmm. and we were playing basketball Mm -hmm. in our our rec league and I had to get out of the game. It hurt. 
So for him not to skip a beat, for for him not to mess up, for him not even to address it. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 it's, it's uh, you know kudos to Jr. for professionalism. Yeah, sure. Um, however, from that point on, it seemed like uh, there were several moments where they were saying during this match, basically, how is this even pro wrestling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then on top of that, and then yeah, there was a quip at the end that Je- Josh Barnett made, where he said, "I used to be in this company. It was a lot different, and what what we did back then was strong style, and I don't know what this is." They call it strong style evolved, but you know, they can call it whatever they want. But it was like, but then yeah. he, he tried to, to he tried to backtrack a bit, yeah, and say, well, you know, but based on how things are going, I guess they're doing something right, essentially. I mean, here, here's my thing. I kind of wonder if so. They were given so much shit a year ago for their stuff, and I hadn't really noticed it that much. But I think that since then, they've also been given a little bit of shit for their commentary for a couple of the different shows. I wonder if maybe he's just like, God, this place just pisses all over us. Or maybe he just, you know, directs it at New Japan when he probably should be directing it as his own preparation skills. And maybe he was just sort of fed up and that's why he reacted the way he did. Who just goes out to the middle of the ring without like that being part of the storyline? I know. And they're just like hanging out there awkwardly. I know. And then he leaves. Maybe it was just like his own frustration with the entire New Japan experience. It could be. Maybe there is some element of, oh, well, you're not going to bring us on to do the live stuff, which, you know, who knows if JR's schedule would even allow it traveling to Japan. Um, maybe he Or feel- if he even want to do that. Yeah, so. right. Maybe he feels like the B team, and maybe he feels unappreciated, and that was like the final straw. Like literally seeing your... Yeah. And I'm probably, I'm sure that JR has said on his podcast, I really like Josh. Oh, Burnett. you can I tell, you can tell. They you can like tell each they other get along quite a very bit. well, yes. And you see your old man partner, who, if rumors are to be believed, was just telling management the day before that there's too many barrier spots and they're, they're getting too close. Mm-hmm. And then that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't blame a guy for snapping like no, that. No, no, no. At the same time, though, you can't interrupt the show. Though. A little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's it's, an, it's a weird dynamic. We're and I, I mentioned this to you while we were watching the second half of the show here in the office yesterday. That like if 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 WWE was to suddenly really change up their 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 presentation in terms of the production, the the commentating team, it, it would lessen my enjoyment of the product. Sure, yeah. Just because I'm so used to it. And I said when we were watching this, like I'm so used to how New Japan presents their product on New Japan World mm-hmm. that there was commercial breaks mm-hmm. or segments where you can tell there was a commercial break. And the graphics were all different, mm-hmm. and the commenting, commentating team was different. And it, for a while, it t- really took me out of the show because yeah, I'm so sure. used to how New Japan produces their show. Once a match ends, the next one begins. Yeah, there's no downtime whatsoever. And I can only imagine like everybody is so excited about New Japan, mm-hmm. and you want to be part of that excitement, but then you get crapped on by the fans who say your commentary is no good. That would suck. Oh, it would. Yeah, that would suck. You know, it's like, man, I want to be part of the zeitgeist and I'm part of an integral part of it. But then everybody craps on me and says I'm like the worst part about it. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I could see how that could be frustrating. No, no, no. I understand that, too. You don't go out to the ring. Um, So, yeah. But no, this is look, it was a terrific match. There were a lot of just outside of the ring just violence going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the match took place outside the ring. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was a chair involved at one point. Jay White smashed the. The uh, he put a chair around uh, Juice's left hand, smashed it with a, another chair. Mm-hmm. He was attacking, kind of alternatingly, uh, Juice's broken hand 
and his back after mm-hmm. throwing him into the ring posts and or like the, you the said, barricade several times. They were doing a great job getting all sorts of heat on Jay White. That crowd was super like oh yeah, you know, they, they were, were super ready to explode to him. Yeah, um, there was the, the spot where uh, uh, Jay White sends Juice into the corner. Uh, Red Shoes kind of cowers in the corner so not to get hit. Juice uh, stops short so he doesn't hit him. Jay White hits him with a low blow mm-hmm. or tries to. Um, Juice turns the tables, uh, sends Jay White into the corner, and uh, Red Shoes is still in the corner trying not to get a hit. When Jay White turns around, Juice hits him with the, the left hand, the cast, um, hits Pulp Friction, but only gets a two count. Mm-hmm. Jay White kicks out. The crowd was ready to explode right oh, then yeah, big time, if yeah. Juice were to one. Yeah. Um, then uh, Jay White suplexes Juice Robinson basically on his head twice. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a straight jacket suplex type deal. He goes for the Blade Runner. Um, Juice counters with a really deep roll-up. Mm-hmm. Gets the win. Yep. New U.S. champion. Crowd explodes. Yeah, crowd goes Huge great. pop. Great moment for Juice Robinson. And he had a fantastic um, promo afterwards during the press conference where he talked about getting you know, let go from NXT and what they had told him on his on the way out. I think he said one of the guys, what's the name? Kanan, Kane something or another. I don't know. One of the talent guys there, talent relation guys. He said, go out and make a star of yourself. And he says, well, here I am. I made a star of myself. Mm-hmm. So it was obviously a lot of validation, like legitimately mm-hmm. for Juice Robinson. So he definitely deserves it. He's doing yeah. some great stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then came our main event, Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega. Um, this somehow just became like an extreme rules match pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Saw chairs and tables and ladders. Ladders. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. It was. Um, it was. Some, there were some crazy spots. If, if Cody was going to go out, then this was you know for because he's to nurse some injuries. Probably he'll. <clears throat> I imagine he'll be out till probably all in. Yeah, I think that's what he said. <coughs> okay. Between um, his, uh, his television, I think production. There's been speculation that he might be on Arrow. That wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, because he's been on that before. Mm-hmm. And he, he and Stephen Miller are buddies. I but guess. But then also, isn't Brandy part of like a Real Housewives thing? That I don't know. Am I thinking of somebody else? I'm going to look it up. Anyways, take us through this. Anyways, so early on you knew things were going to start getting extreme. Um, they're fighting on the outside. Uh, Kenny puts Cody on a table on the opposite side of the, the barricade. Ringside, not too far from where JR and... Uh, Wags Atlanta. Oh, all right. Is that on E? Yes. All right. Um, and does a like a springboard onto the barricade, double stomp. Cody through the table. Um, later on, he brings a ladder out from under the ring. Uh, I got that right? Yeah, sorry. Um, Cody tosses him on there. Ladder hits Kenny right in the face. Oh, that looked bad. That could have been really bad. I know. I know. Yeah. It could have been really bad. Um, ladder <laughs> gets Joey Mercury bad. I know. Uh, Cody, uh, the ladder gets set up in the ring. Um, Kenny climbs one side. Cody climbs the other. The Young Bucks are ringside. They're serving two purposes. One, telling the story, telling them not to go to the extreme yeah. to, to, to win. Same time, they're using their feet to hold the ladder down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably right. the most important function of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. There's a table set up. <laughs> that ladder was like 80 feet tall. It was huge. It was huge. There's, a, there's a table set up ringside. Um, and you know the idea is that Kenny is going to try to suplex Cody through the table on the outside. Instead, Cody suplexes Kenny off the ladder. You know, Cody's like on the second to the top rung. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Cody hits crossroads. Kenny kicks out of two. Mm-hmm. And there's a spot where Kenny's just dropping knees left and right on Cody, all sorts of V triggers. Mm-hmm. Picks him up power, for powerbomb him, runs, 
throws him outside of the ring onto the table on in the ringside area, but the table doesn't break. Yeah, his head just sort of bounces off of it. Yeah. yeah. It was brutal. And so uh, Matt Jackson goes up to to Cody and checks on him. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Brandy goes stands next to Nick Jackson, and they start talking too. Yeah. So even though you know they're trying to tell a story in the ring, it's good to pe- that people will take opportunities to discreetly break kayfabe to check on their fellow wrestlers. Well, I mean, and even the, after the table spot, yeah. you see Kenny went down. Yeah. Before he picked him up, I think to check on him too. Yeah, I would imagine so. And I mean, look, on top of that, like besides the Kenny Cody thing, you know, it's perfectly reasonable within storyline. Oh yeah. For that all to happen, anyways, yeah, you yeah. know, for the Jacksons. Oh, because yeah, the whole with the Brandy. whole the whole time the whole time the match was happening, Matt and Nick were like, you yeah. guys don't have to take it this far." They weren't, and and they weren't, they were not, uh, they, you know, they weren't blaming Brandy for acting the way she was. Mm-mm. You know, she's trying to protect her husband. Because at one point, Kenny goes for his mm-hmm. his uh, moonsault, not moonsault, but the Terminator thing, and uh, Brandy steps in front of Cody mm-hmm. to. So Kenny can't do it. Yeah. But as yeah. you said, exactly. So uh, after that, uh, Kenny gets back in the ring with Cody. He's setting Cody up for a V-trigger. Mm-hmm. Brandy gets in the ring, gets in the way. Yeah. Um, eventually, she moves. Kenny again goes for a V-trigger. Cody gets up, clotheslines him. Yeah. But shortly after that, Kenny wins with a one-winged angel, mm-hmm. picks up the win, mm-hmm. retains the title. Um, after the match... Uh, Kenny helps Cody up on his feet. Um, Kenny cuts a promo. And then uh, Kenny, Young Bucks, walk up to the ramp, do some posing. Out walks Tama Tonga, Tonga Lo, and Haku. Mm-hmm. They're all too sweet in each other. Yeah, they do one big group too sweet. They turn around for like a photo uh, op. And then Tama Tonga just lays out Kenny Omega. Kenny yeah. Omega flies halfway down the ramp. Yeah. Um, and then this new uh, uh, faction, this splinter group, dubbing themselves Firing Squad. Firing Squad. Um, proceeded to destroy Kenny, the Young Bucks. Um, Hangman Page came running out to the ring to try to help. He eats a power slam from Tonga Loa. Yeah. Marty Skrull runs out. He eats a gun stun from Tama Tonga. Um, Chase Owens and uh, Takahashi run to the ring because they were and just in a match. Think, yeah, you would think. With like, all those guys. With all this stuff going on, those two guys have always kind of aligned with yeah, yeah. Tomatonga. No, they get destroyed too. Yeah, they get destroyed. Finally, um, Tomatonga goes ringside, grabs a chair. Cody Rhodes walks yeah. down to the ring. Tomatonga hands him the chair, expecting him, I guess, to beat up uh, Kenny. Instead, Cody starts beating up on uh, Tomatonga and Tongaloa. Mm-hmm. Um, he eats a, a, a cutter. Yeah. A, a gun stun as well. Yeah. Um, with that same chair, Haku pile drives Kenny Omega atop it. Um, and, and finally, firing squad exit the ring after they laid out everybody. Yeah. Um, this is a great moment. And I pointed out before you watch it and enjoy it again where, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was like, you know, a scene from the movie where a hitman goes in the room, does his job, makes sure he adjusts his suit after he finishes mm-hmm. his job as he leaves where Tomatonga takes his, his uh, rubber band of his, of his hair, adjusts it, makes sure it's all in place, ties it back in. Yeah. Smooth. I like the part where he tried to finger his own butthole. <laughs> oh, he grabbed his crotch, yeah. That he was did deep. the deepest crotch grab. And it was slow. It was slow. So it was like, let me check in my butt for any, like, you know, wayward objects in there. Yeah. No, we're good. And yeah. he even, like, pinched the tip at the end. It was very detailed what yeah. he did. It wasn't just yeah. like, hey, do this. It was like... 
And there was no shake. You know, sometimes people will grab their crotch yeah, and shake. No, he it just was grabbed like, it. It was like and just one slight upward movement, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so, anyways, everybody else from Bullet Club walk up the top of the ramp. So we have ourselves a bit of a Bullet Club reunion in a sense. Yeah. Because you have the elite. Seemingly, Cody is back in the fold mm -hmm. with him, Skrull, Hangman Page, uh, Chase Owens. It's like eight guys. And then you have three, two guys and like an old man. I'm not sure exactly how this whole. I'm not sure who firing squad is going to be. Well, you're going to have to recruit, right? Well, there's bad luck Fale. He wasn't there. There's Fale, yeah. So you would. I guess maybe think that Fale would align himself Perhaps. with the other Bullet Club OG yeah. Tamatanga. Yeah, I would think so. So he's a he's a big name. But at that point you still and he's have, Jack too, man. He's Jack. Fale looks great now. He looks good. Still feel like they're gonna have to recruit some more fellas. Maybe. We don't know Bone Soldier. Wasn't Bone Soldier introduced by Tamatanga? Yeah, that's Ishimori. It's true. true. Once he's done with his excursion to impact wrestling. Yeah, that's random. It is random. Um, what is Slime Anniversary? July, summer, another some oh, a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there, there's, there's a faction there. But you got Kenny. You got well, Cody's going to be gone for a little while. But you have Kenny, the young Kenny, bucks, the bucks, and you got Kota Ibushi in the picture too. Yeah. So I'm not sure he's going to be, you know, Bullet Club he's for life. Be, yeah. But you know, him and Kenny are still the golden lovers, so mm -hmm. he's got to be in the picture somehow. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Kenny's going to lose the. Bullet Club leadership anytime soon. No, but uh, but all in all, it was a fun show. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of weird moments, like you would never see, like that Josh Barnett stuff. You'd never see that happen in WWE. Michael Cole's never gonna get up and like go walk to the get in the ring. <laughs> like Barnett's a jack dude. He's yeah, legit. He yeah. You know. Yeah. But still, I don't. Yeah, know. no, I can't think of anybody in WWE who would do that. No, I don't think so. Imagine what would Vince be saying in like his ear? What are you doing? What are you got? Sit your ass down. <laughs> are you listening to me? You're fine. Anyways, that's it. That's it for our recap of the G1 special in San Francisco. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.